Welcome to the Pro Football Doc Podcast. Dr. David Chow here, and uh, the season is here right around the corner of the regular season, but fantasy season is here. I'm doing three drafts this year, uh, Scott Fishbowl, Warrior Bowl, uh, Raz Bowl. They already happened already, but most guys draft now or very soon. So this whole podcast will be some of the usual things. We've got some interesting videos at the end. We'll talk about some NFL issues, but really a rundown, especially for fantasy, for you to figure out who you can and cannot select here. But to that end, um, let's see. We can, let's see. Uh, if you go to the website, profootballdoc.com, you can get this free preseason injury report. It's now 75, all 32 teams. And uh, just go to the site, click on the download free, and you'll get it. But today here, uh, if you have any questions, go and search through the, the site, uh, download it. It's updated. It's a live document all the time. But uh, let's start here by going through by positions, some of the top injury issues, uh, position by position. And of course, let's start with uh, quarterbacks. The first, uh, and uh, some of these articles are at OutKick, uh, top five QB injury questions heading into the season. And of course, number one is Carson Wentz. Carson Wentz returned to practice today, but understand that it was limited practice and uh, we'll go over that. But uh, Stephen Holder said, you know, long way from 100%. This will be gradual, won't practice full. Look, it's a good sign that he's out there, no question. And let's take a look at what Carson did. This was posted by the Colts. He's doing some cuts. Not too bad for first time back, but not trying to be overly critical. He makes really pretty good cuts on his right side. Left side, not as good. But obviously, he's very athletic, very mobile. Overall, that looks pretty good. But certainly, he is not 100% there. It's very evident to me that his left foot is the side that bothers him. But here's what this does tell us. Number one, the surgery was purely a bone excision, and there was no repair. They're not waiting for anything to heal. Otherwise, there's no way they would let him out there like that. So that's a good sign. Uh, initially, I've been saying return to play uh, in October. The question is early October or later October. You've missed the first few games. At this point, he's projecting to play by early October, hopefully sooner. I think it's a better case scenario, no repair, which is good. But if the Colts stick to what they've been saying, their owner, Ursay, has said, we're not playing until he's 100%. There's only a couple of weeks left. He's not going to be 100% come week one. Now, they may renege and say, you know, Carson at 95 is better than what we have. Let's play him. But if they stick with 100% to play, he will not play week one. But overall, the news today, the timeline's probably been moved up. I don't think it's late October anymore. It, before I said it would likely be October, didn't know earlier. Now I think there's a good chance he's ready by early October. But will he play in September? It depends on what the Colts decide. We'll have to continue to monitor it. And, you know, look, uh, don't get fooled by these videos. They're really athletic. These are great athletes. But you got to remember who's chasing them, right? And then the stresses of the game. 
The other thing that the Colts will have to worry about, all teams worry about it, is compensation injuries. Whether it's Dak Prescott having latissimus dorsi strain because he wasn't stepping into throws giving his ankle fracture dislocation and then he strains his shoulder. I mean, the same could happen with Carson Wentz. Some of the throws I saw today, he didn't fully step into, but he's got such a great arm. He made them easily, but they weren't 100% throws and they weren't game condition. Best case scenario is if a quarterback returns to practice, he needs at least two or three weeks to, to get his feet under him and, and get his body ready to go. That puts him on the precipice of week one, but will he be 100% is the question. The other thing they have to worry about is apparently what I hear, Carson's a great kid and he's sometimes his own worst enemy. Uh, remember when he came back, he missed week one, but still came back earlier than I expected with his LCL, ACL injury when he was with the Eagles. And he wasn't 100%. And he probably developed a stress injury in his back, stress fracture. Now at the time, the theory was that he that happened because his knee wasn't complete ready so therefore he pushed it a little bit too hard so Carson Wentz in his back and we talked about it when I was writing for the Union Tribune at the time that it was not stepping into throws and thus now the hairline fracture uh, etc on uh, Carson Wentz that's what they have to worry about if he's not 100% on his foot will something else happen and in some ways, that's why it's smart to wait for him to be 100%. But it's easy to say that now. We're not going to play him unless he's 100%. But once the season gets going, or once the season's about here and it's meaningful games, everyone gets antsy. And Carson's been somebody who always wants to play through. So sometimes the Colts and the team will have to protect the player from being his own worst enemy. So good news overall from Carson Wentz. Doesn't mean he's starting week one right now yet. But improved timeline, clearly no repair uh, to the tendon or ligament, just the bone excision surgery. The other one that we're going to talk about here, of course, is Dak Prescott. That's been the number one topic for a little while here. And overall, you know, we did some videos, et cetera, and I won't repeat myself. This is on the Twitter timeline, but Adam Schefter said he's not fully healed. Um, and uh, I think Adam's right. Adam is a great reporter. That doesn't mean he can't play. I think he was talking about the ankle. I see a little hitch in his gait, Dak Prescott still, from his right ankle fracture dislocation. I don't think Dak is 100%. I don't think he'll be 100% week one, but I'm quite certain he's going to start and play. I think his shoulder will be healthy too. He's practicing, making some throws now, not everything. I don't think he's going to play in the preseason, but week one, Dak Prescott will be out there and perhaps at a little less than 100%, which is what Schefter was saying. And that's true and real. A couple other quarterback injuries that we'll talk about here in the OutKick article, we go over the top five, Carson Wentz, Dak Prescott, Joe Burrow, Joe Burrow will be the Bengals starter at the start of the season, but I do not believe that Joe Burrow will be 100%. Look, I said all along that I thought he'd be ready week one, and this is when we're saying he should sit out all of 2021. 
he's out there. He's getting under him literally and figuratively. He'll wear that lead leg brace. But he's still a young quarterback and uh, got to get his timing back. What I think we'll see is a better second half of the season than first half um, until he takes that big hit on the knee and is okay. But Joe Burrow will be fine. He is draftable. Depends on your draft, of course, where you want to pick him, what sort of scoring there is, and what's available on the board. But I don't think he starts the season on fire. I think he'll get there. So factor that in. Dak Prescott, I'm not worried about. I think he's draftable. I'm not worried about. Carson Wentz, there's the little asterisks we talked about. Patrick Mahomes has been looking good. He's made a great recovery from his turf toe injury. Uh, remember, played in the Super Bowl with it, had surgery. I haven't seen a lot of uh, inhibition out of Patrick Mahomes. So I think he's okay. And the GOAT, Tom Brady, with his MCL, I'm not worried about it. It's his third MCL surgery, as we discussed uh, here. But I don't see how that's really going to bother Patrick – sorry, Tom Brady. He'll be fine. But once again, those are our top five quarterbacks. But uh, go ahead and go to the preseason injury preview if if you have any other questions. All right, let's move on to the top five running backs. A lot of running back questions here. Um, Probably among the biggest, certainly more than the quarterbacks as far as the running backs. So we do the quarterbacks, the running backs, the wide receivers, and everything else, the preseason injury preview. Tight ends will be up next. But the top five issues, running back issues heading into the football season. Number one has to be Saquon Barkley. And anyone who's followed along with the podcast here or the videos has heard me say it already, but I'll say it again here. There is no way that, no way that Saquon Barkley, no way that he'll be 100% week one. I'm not saying he won't play for sure. I'm not saying he will play for sure. I'm just saying he won't be 100%. What do the Giants coaching staff, medical staff, and team want to do with him? Is it worthwhile playing a 90% Saquon Barkley and giving him a half dozen touches? Or do they wait till he can be the bell cow? The reason to wait is, and to be careful, is compensation injury. Remember a couple of years ago, everyone was excited about Dalvin Cook in his first return from his ACL. And we at Pro Football Doc are saying, hold on, hold on. I mean, second year is going to be better. Careful the first year compensation. And he struggled with compensation injuries, hamstring and otherwise down year. Saquon Barkley had an early season injury. Things are in his favor from the timeline perspective. But remember, he had more than just an ACL, MCL as well, and maybe something with the meniscus. He's doing really well. But we talked about it last week. He still has atrophy in the quad. He's still not really sticking that uh, right leg into the ground. Um, Still got a little ways to go. He's got two, almost three weeks since the start of the season. Week one is a possibility, but he won't be 100%. Should you draft Saquon Barkley? Well, absolutely you should, but when is the question? Uh, Is he a top of the draft guy? In my drafts, I said no. Well, there wasn't a lot of decision. uh, When at certain drafts, when he came to me, he was already off the board. And others, when it came my time, there were other players that I rated above him. So I did not get a second round bargain with Saquon Barkley. 
I don't see how you really spend a first round pick on Saquon unless you have to, but you know, second round and, uh, and later maybe you can coming from me with my second full real fantasy season. So take it with a grain of salt. Those are the thoughts of Saquon. But let me tell you, the other big question mark, number two, is Christian McCaffrey. Now, he's a guy. Christian McCaffrey is a guy that if he were available in any of my drafts, I would have taken him. I think he's going to be healthy. Look, he had the ankle, and he had the shoulder, and he missed all of basically the whole season. He's, he's been healthy before that. He's their bell cow running back. Uh, there's no reason to think he won't be healthy this year. If the Panthers were involved in a playoff run, he would have made it back. He would have played through the shoulder. He would have come back more quickly on the ankle. This is about preservation of a young guy when they knew they weren't ready to win. So I have full confidence that Christian McCaffrey physically should be a full go this year. And uh, let's go over a couple other running back issues. Antonio Gibson. Antonio Gibson, turf toe, you know, didn't need surgery, but it's something that can recur. So I think he's going to be fine this season. I think he's healthy, but, you know, what happens if there's re-aggravation? So I think that's sort of the only worry for Antonio Gibson. Joe Mixon, on the other hand, foot sprain, that was a mystery. I mean, he scored a touchdown. He did a dance. And uh, then he missed the rest of the season. Now, was this like an A.J. Green type absence where he could have come back or the Bengals did not have, uh, you know, their quarterback? And uh, without their quarterback, Joe Burrow, what was the point? Maybe. But he seems healthy now and poised for a good season. But a little bit of a mystery. They've never really elucidated what that was. And finally, at least for our top five, and of course, there are a lot of others. I mean, if you go to the preseason injury preview, you can find DeAndre Swift and his muscle issues and, and a number of other running backs. But Clyde Edwards-Hilaire, um, I don't have a lot of worry about him. Looking at the video of his injury, I think he's draftable wherever you want to draft him. I don't think he's going to return the rest of the preseason, but he'll be ready to go. He exited before Patrick Mahomes did in the last game. I think it's a fairly standard low ankle sprain. It's not anything that's a high ankle sprain or significant. So we've got good confidence in Clyde Edwards-Hilaire being ready to go. All right, let's cover the top five wide receiver issues heading into the season. And hard to choose five here. There were a lot of them, a lot of them. There were a lot of wide receiver injuries. And the first one we'll talk about is Michael Thomas. Full disclosure, look, uh, I when there's available information, we pride ourselves on being able to give injury analysis. But when there's not available information, uh, I'm not going by sources. This is why we say insider knowledge, not insider information. I had no idea that Michael Thomas delayed his ankle surgery until June. And with it being a repair surgery, it's a much longer timeline. I had no idea. As a matter of fact, in the Scott Fishbowl, Scott Fishbowl 11, uh, round four, I thought I was getting a bargain for Michael Thomas there. There, uh, be wrong. And let me go back and check. It was later. It wasn't at the top. Drafted Michael Thomas and literally uh, 
Uh, I think there's three-hour windows for draft for Scott Fishbowl, I forget. But a couple hours after I drafted him, uh, news came out from Ian Rappaport about his surgery, his ankle surgery. And it was a repair. And I was like, shoot, <laughs> not good. And then I was chasing from that point on, chasing uh, for other wide receivers. Michael Thomas is going to miss a significant portion of this season, it is my belief. Uh, he'll miss at least the first six weeks on PUP. I think it would be, since I did draft Michael Thomas, and we're talking about fantasy, at this point, if we got a fully healthy Michael Thomas for the second half of the season from week nine on, I would be happy. What I don't want is he comes back and he's, you know, not 100% and trickling along, et cetera. But you have to count on Michael Thomas missing a good part, if not at least half the season. So at this point, draft him accordingly. Late round bargain, second half of the season, stash, sure. But I don't think you can draft him at the top of the draft at this point in time. Not to mention which we don't know who his quarterback is going to be, who the Saints quarterback is going to be yet. Sean Payton says he'll announce it next week. But I just don't see him anyway where he can have a successful full season with the type of repair surgery that he had. But I think he can return this season but it'll be later season. A uh, couple other wide receivers to, of note, Odell Beckham coming off of ACL surgery. Uh, he's recovered very nicely, but clearly he's still recovering. Uh, and he's been good about admitting it. Uh, so uh, we talked about before where uh, uh, he and I had a fun little Twitter exchange. I met Odell one time at a Super Bowl function. Uh, he wouldn't remember me. I was with somebody else. Uh, the bottom line is uh, he responded on Twitter when I said he wasn't 100% or, or what have you. And uh, he agreed in any case. Uh, he agreed that, you know, cutting and deceleration are the key and that he wasn't there yet. In the end, uh, he will be, he'll be fine. But same thing, second year back is usually your better year back after an ACL. A wide receiver has advantages in knowing where his cut's gonna be and he could, you know, plant off the good leg, et cetera. But expect second half to be better and next season to be even better. Although Looking at his workouts, he's been working hard and in great shape. He was not on PUP. He's poised to be ready to go. I'm just saying have some more realistic expectations. Uh, I think this will be, compared to last year's injury shortened season, a bounce back year for Odell. But I don't know if he'll have the season-long numbers that you might expect from him next year. Although second half of the year, I think he should be able to do pretty, pretty darn well. All right, so let's uh, go back here um, as we find some of the other articles here. So let's continue with the wide receiver. Uh, we talked about Michael Thomas, Odell Beckham, Amari Cooper. I've said a lot about Amari Cooper, but here's the bottom line. He had an ankle scope that's supposed to be a six-week recovery. Six months, he still had bone inflammation and irritation. Started the season on PUP. He's off of it now, but he's still not 
5%. And I think linger a little bit that he is unlikely to be 100%. So here's for a little bit. Michael Gelkin tweeted here, uh, August 17th, um, whether his ankle is 100%. Amari says, I feel like I am, but would, but would need to run the full route tree in order to better gauge. Well, that's what I saw. He wasn't running full speed and not the full route tree. So he, there's no way he's 100%. He planned to run the full route tree and then play in Saturday's preseason game versus the Texans. But he didn't do it. He did not play in that game. Uh, did not have any targets in that game. Uh, if you haven't run the full route tree, you got to start doing it and doing it again and again and again. Now, don't get me wrong. I'm not suggesting that Amari Cooper won't play week one at, at all. I'm just saying for fantasy purposes, you might have to temper your expectations. He's a guy who's a tough player and will play through injury, but he will have to deal with the ankle for most of the season, or at least a good part of the season. Now, maybe he'll persevere and excel, but I think it's not realistic to say that a six-week recovery surgery where you still were sore at six months, where you didn't pass a physical until month seven, by month eight, by the start of the season, you're not, you're not miraculously going to be 100%. So I'm on the record as being more worried about Amari Cooper than Dak Prescott. Both will start the season, no problem, week one. But this is why in some of my drafts, I picked up CeeDee Lamb where I could. But like I said, I'm not a fantasy guy. Um, let's keep going here with some other uh, wide receiver, top wide receiver injuries. Um, next one, Justin Jefferson. No real worry on Justin Jefferson. Real-time video showed that uh, it was an AC joint separation on his left shoulder early enough in camp that I don't think there's going to be a problem. Uh, uh, he's since returned to practice. This is not going to leak into the regular season. Whatever thoughts you had on Justin uh, Jefferson, draft away from wherever you had him. I don't think it's going to be a problem. Kenny Galladay, lots of questions. Muscle injuries last year, hamstring, then, then a hip flexor right at the start of camp. Hamstring injury again. I get the nervousness. He's the Giants' new free agent acquisition. This certainly is going to hurt in terms of getting acclimated to a new offense and getting used to a new quarterback and Daniel Jones. But I think he's going to be healthy for the start of the season. Now, admittedly, I did draft Galladay in at least one of my leagues uh, before he got his hamstring injury, but I, I, I'm not worried. I'm not trading Kenny Galladay at this point in time, but I think he'll be okay uh, and can get through this. Horton Sutton coming off ACL, Calvin Ridley from his foot issues, Stephon Diggs with his knee, the Ravens core depleted, as well as the Dolphins receiving core. Go to profootballdoc.com and we'll see the rest of the uh, wide receivers. Moving on to some uh, tight end stuff. Uh, one person we'll single out here from the, the tight end is Mark Andrews. Mark Andrews, remember, collapsed at practice with cramps, ambulances came, he's a diabetic, lots of worry. It was not heat stroke. Mark Andrews will be fine. He's good to go. 
sometimes when you have these total body cramps, I mean, it is scary and debilitating. I've been there where literally players have had to either on the cart or carry a guy into the uh, locker room to get an IV. One time, post-practice, a guy cramped in the cold tub. And uh, boys, we had to get players in and carry him out of the cold tub. And literally, we started IV on the deck next to the cold tub. We didn't even, couldn't even move him uh, into the training room. But an IV works, is terrible, no long-term. This wasn't a heat stroke. Uh, I'm very confident Mark Andrews is healthy despite collapsing on the football field. That certainly is uh, good news. And uh, we'll go over the tight ends uh, later this week. We'll write the tight end article, but it's all up at profootballdoc.com. Now, this is interesting. This one is on Kyle Rudolph, another tight end. He had the Jones fracture. Dave Gettleman said the Giants knew about Kyle Rudolph's foot injury and his need for foot surgery before they gave him the physical and gave him the initial contract. Very confused. And I was saying, well, who's confused? The reporter, the GM, or the situation? Tongue in cheek. But uh, it turns out uh, it was actually Dave Gettleman that was confused. Uh, misspeaks. Uh, the Giants knew there was a foot issue, but they didn't know that he needed surgery. So there's a clarification. But Kyle Rudolph should be healthy for the season as well. Uh, once again, go to the preseason injury preview report at profootballdoc.com. Uh, 75 pages now and counting. Uh, as we update in terms of what's going on. All right, let's move on with the Pro Football Doc podcast and talk about some fun things. And of course, we'll end with some video analysis here. But as we do that, uh, lots more to talk about here. But go to the preseason injury preview if you have any, any questions. Download it right there. And I would suggest that you actually once a week download it again because it gets updated. It gets updated. Um, lots of injuries coming up. I think we're at 14 or 15 league-wide now. About half of ACL tears happen before the regular season starts. Yeah, there's 90 guys, but that's not it. The practices are more intense. During the season, you're only practicing three days a week, 53 guys. But also, this also counts preseason uh, and off-season but usually about half of the tear. So Seahawks linebacker towards ACL, we've unfortunately had a number of them and they're usually non-contact. AJ McCarron in the game, non-contact back up for the Falcons, non-contact injury, 70 to 80% of ACL tears in the NFL, and about half in the preseason. Every year there is about 50 ACL tears, about 50 ACL tears every year, about 25, give or take, happen before the regular season starts and then half after. So your average team has one and a half. So that means if your team only had one, you're better than average. And if your team had two, you're a little worse than average. As we move on here, this is interesting. Tom Pelissaro has been on fire with the COVID updates. But what we've been saying here is Cam Newton missing five days due to COVID-19 protocols. And in our post at profootballdoc.com, 
And by the way, go here first. The reason why we say go to the website first um, isn't to necessarily drive traffic, but when I posted something a day ago or two days ago, it's hard to find on the Twitter timeline. It's just not there anymore. So if you, we, A, we post at profootballdoc.com first because it's searchable, it's the, the source, but also it stays up there and you can search it days later. And that's why we uh, try and do that. But, but the bottom line is Cam Newton, because, and we talk about it in our post here, because he's in this protocol, it means, uh, and I'm not hating on him, uh, but it means he's not vaccinated. The, the guys that are vaccinated aren't subject to that protocol, the five-day re-entry protocol. So apparently he went to a medical appointment that was legitimate and approved, but because he traveled and perhaps didn't get the exact right test, some misunderstanding, and clearly this means he's not vaccinated, he's subject to this. And this is what I've been saying for a while. The vaccine carrot is strong. And Ross Tucker is saying 100% going to determine the outcome of some games this season. You cannot be considered high-risk contact if fully vaccinated. You would not have that entry protocol, re-entry pro protocol, if you're vaccinated. Uh, if you're vaccinated, you cannot be determined a close contact and miss 10 days. If you're not vaccinated, you will. That's the vaccine carrot. Look, I'm not trying to get on my soapbox and tell you what you can can or should do with your lives and yes there was a finally a fully FDA approved not emergency use uh, authorization covid vaccine now look 96 percent of doctors including myself took the vaccine when it first became available to them when things were maybe more unsettled in terms of the vaccine. And no, the vaccine doesn't prevent everything. No, it doesn't prevent you from being able to spread it. It doesn't prevent you from getting it. But 90% of the people in the hospital are unvaccinated right now. And I'm not trying to preach and I'm not for forcing people, but 96% of physicians are. And in the NFL game, whether you like it or don't like it, the bottom line is there's penalties if you're not vaccinated. And uh, this is why teams are trying so hard to get their players all vaccinated. For example, uh, the Vikings brought in an infectious disease and epidemiology expert uh, to answer questions. I don't know that they're going to change anyone's minds, but they're trying to. I mean, Kirk Cousins is famously not vaccinated, uh, et cetera. And remember, they had their, uh, remember, they had their, uh, episode where they only had one quarterback at practice, et cetera, because of the contact tracing. So um, there we go. All right, let's finish with some funny things. I, look, I didn't even know anything about this until people started tweeting at me stuff, but I guess this crate challenge thing is real. I mean... Uh, I'm... I'm seeing it everywhere. I mean... I prefer the uh, ice bucket challenge to raise money for ACLS. I mean, this is a silliness. Now, the good news is, as he falls here, I think he's 
hurt, but I don't think he's injured. His pride is certainly injured. I mean, that's got to hurt. But I thankfully, I don't think he broke his back or anything. But as you really get there, there's a ton of these videos all over the place. It's, it's actually kind of crazy. Uh, and we can go through some more of them here. But uh, it's everywhere. I mean, to me, look at the crowds there. I mean, this is really good for business, but <laughs> don't try this at home. Now, obviously, you're not done yet once you get to the top, because as you step, there you go. And once again, he gives a thumbs up. He's hurt, but he's not injured. But I'm telling you, you can get some real injuries from these uh, milk crate challenge things. So definitely a kids do not try this at home. Um, this guy tries to do it pretty fast. He's pretty skillful there. But then, yeah, the push off is going to get you to same thing. I wouldn't show any injuries where I thought someone was seriously hurt. Um, once again, he's hurt, not injured. If someone were seriously injured, I don't think I would show anything. Uh, this guy, look, that one's got to hurt too. But let me tell you, this is one sport being smaller, I don't know why I call it a sport, is an advantage. The lighter you are, the, the better off you are. The bigger guys, there's more force and it's a, it's a harder time. And uh, check this guy out. Doing well, but even at the top, you're not there yet. Ouch, even on the way down. Same thing, no real injury. Now this one gets gets the award. Check out this woman. I don't know how she does. First of all, she's in heels. I don't know how you walk on a milk crate in heels anyways, much less climbing, climbing up on it. But she's exhibiting some good balance. Y'all gotta be quiet. And she amazingly in heels actually makes it. But once again, don't try this at home. Look, stiletto heels. I mean, I don't even know how you walk across a milk carton crate great like that in stiletto heels, much less climbing all the way to the top. Now, if she goes down and lands on her ankle, she's going to break her ankle. Oh, my God. She amazingly makes it all the way back down. So... Maybe you the milk crate challenge can, can be turned into a charity like the uh, like the uh, ice bucket challenge for ACLS a few years ago. And apparently, I guess this is better than if you look online a couple of years ago, the Tide Pod challenge where kids were eating the, uh, the laundry detergent pods uh, and foaming at the mouth. Anyways, uh, those videos just for fun. Kids don't try this at home. Thanks for watching Pro Football Doc Podcast. Go to profootballdoc.com and get the preseason injury preview. Lots of new things for this year, which we're about to announce. Uh, finishing touches on a bunch of things at the website. More coverage. Some exciting new, uh, a very exciting new project for fantasy players this year that you will have to get. Uh, basically, we will have individual health grades on every player that's fantasy eligible. And we'll reveal that, but that's your little preview here. So anyways, uh, thanks for all the great ratings and uh, 
follow on YouTube or sign up at uh, Apple Podcasts, wherever you listen. This is Dr. David Chow, Pro Football Doc Podcast. Thanks for watching and listening.